Welcome to the City Church Cardiff podcast. We're an Elim Pentecostal church in the center of Cardiff dedicated to bringing hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired and impacted by this message. Well, today we are continuing in our series called Fruitful. And last week, Catherine and I, we shared the word for the year with you, which is fruitful. Despite the forecast for 2023, we're believing that this year will indeed be a year of fruitfulness, that each of us will walk in increasing degrees of fruitfulness. You know, our fruitfulness matters enormously to God. In fact, there's a story in the Gospels about Jesus cursing a fig tree that failed to bear fruit. Now, Mark's gospel, which reports this story, says that it wasn't the season for this fig tree to bear figs. But even out of season, a truly healthy fig tree should have been producing at least these small edible nodules, these tiny bits of um, of pre-fruit even. But though this fig tree was giving off the appearance of health because it had all of its leaves, Mark's gospel says, It was producing no such nodules. It wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. Something was wrong. In fact, the lack of these nodules indicated its barren state. And so Jesus rebuked it to withering because it was failing to do what it was meant to do. In fact, the one thing that it was created to give, to yield, fruit, It wasn't doing that. Despite all of the advantages it had in its geographical location and environment, it was all leaves and no fruits. I wonder, what would Jesus see if likewise he examines our own lives and he looked for spiritual fruit? Would he find only leaves or would he find fruits? Like the fig tree, our lives can look one way from a distance. This fig tree had all the appearance of health from from afar. It looked like it was producing fruits. But of course it didn't, and it wasn't. Our lives, similarly from a distance, can look as if they are in leaf. But when we take a closer look, maybe there's spiritual barrenness. There's no fruit of holiness or no fruit of the Spirit as we were talking about last week. You see, sadly, this lack of fruitfulness is a picture of many Christians today. And ultimately, it comes from a failure to do what we were preaching about last week, to abide in Christ, to remain in Jesus. Only as we connect to Jesus can we really bear fruit. You see, we experience an inner transformation that leads to outer fruitfulness. And if 2023 is indeed to be a year of fruitfulness, if we are to be more than simply trees with leaves and actually bear fruit, actually produce fruit, it means that we have to confront the barren areas of our lives. As Christians, we can sometimes grapple with a spirit of barrenness. This is a spirit of stagnation, limitation, containment and confinement that seeks to stop us from bearing fruit and advancing in the promises of God. Now, our part is to make sure that the spirit of barrenness cannot attach itself to our lives. And over the last weeks, we've been seeking to give you keys as to how to do that. We do this. We we protect ourselves from that spirit of barrenness 
latching onto us by remaining in Jesus, by cultivating the soil of our heart, by plowing and weeding so that the good soil or the good seed of God's word can take root in the soil of our hearts. But it's not just about plowing and weeding. In fact, we do well to note Isaiah 28 and verse 24, reading from the New Living Translation, which says, Does a farmer always plow and never sow? Is he forever cultivating the soil and never planting? See, here we see about the importance of planting or sowing. We're reminded in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 that to everything there is a season. And the problem is that many of us, we focus only on the final season, harvest. But we forget that there are many other seasons, digging and weeding and planting and watering and fertilizing. Many other seasons that need to take place before we can reap a harvest. Just as the farmer will tell you, what we reap in the harvest season is dependent upon the seeds that we've been sowing during the planting season. You plant in one season and you reap in another season. And so, if by the end of this year, we want to look back on our church and our own lives and truly, genuinely, authentically be able to describe it as a fruitful year, then first we need to be digging, but also we need to be planting. In fact, I've come here to tell you today, because I believe that the Holy Spirit is saying to you, the people of City Church, that now is the time to be planting seeds. My message today is entitled, Plant the Seed. Would you turn to somebody and say, Plant the Seeds. I'm going to be elaborating on that final point that Catherine and I brought in our New Year's Eve address on reaping where you planted. I want to show you today what happens when you release the seed that it is that you have the power to sow. Because when you plant your seed, it can even change your destiny. You can bring forth a great harvest for God's glory and also for your good and the good of many others too. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 to 28. This is Jesus talking, and he constantly talked about seeds. And we catch him here just after he has delivered his famous parable of the sower, the parable of the four soils. And he's actually elaborating on that here with this new parable, the parable of the growing seed. Let's read. It says, Jesus also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. Now, there's a couple of things that I want to draw out here today. For when it comes to fruitfulness and harvest, this parable very helpfully highlights the two things that are really important to keep in mind. Our part and God's part. Our part, the part we have to play, and God's part, the part that God has to play. And suffice it to say that we can't do God's parts, but equally God won't do our part. 
So, what's our part? Well, notice right at the start of this parable, the man who is mentioned, what does he do? He plants seed. Now, it sounds really obvious to point this out, but here's the thing. Nothing is going to happen until we start planting seeds. No planting, no harvest. No seed sowing, no fruitfulness. You know, a few weeks back, I found a box of seed in my garret. Now, that seed has been absolutely useless to me for seven years. Because for seven years, it's been like um, under all kinds of stuff in a box in our garage. It's been transported from one house to the other. It's been useless to me, despite all the potential in that box for those seven or so years. Why? Because I've never planted it. You see, a seed has no power unless it is planted. Jesus himself said in John 12 and verse 24, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, in other words, if it's planted, it produces many seeds. Seeds need to be sown. And until it is sown, that seed is dormant and inactive. But once it is sown, it comes alive and it's able to fulfill all of its potential. Now, here's the thing I want you to grasp today. There's a seed that you can plant in every single area of your life. Because pretty much everything begins with a seed. I think of mine and Catherine's relationship. It started with a seed, a seed that I sowed. I'd met her. We had a great conversation. And so I thought, right, I want to get to know her more. I think there's something in this. So I had a cunning plan. I text her. I said, can we grab a coffee? I'd love to pick your brains about something. Now, she didn't know, but I was planting a seed, and it bore fruit. It even bore the fruit of marriage, because she said yes, and then things started to blossom from there. Mind you, I do recall now, when I said, can I pick your brains, she said yes. I had the sudden realization after, what if she really is expecting me to pick her brains all evening? And so there was this thick book on justice, because that was what I wanted to pick her brains about. And I read that the week before, the whole book, I read it. And then we were able to have a good, what, 10-minute conversation about that. And then the rest is history. But I planted the seeds, because pretty much everything begins with a seed. We can sow seeds in all areas of our lives. There are relational seeds. There are financial seeds. There are career seeds, health seeds, character seeds, discipleship seeds, attitudes, words, actions, ideas, habits. These are all seeds. Kindness is a seed. Forgiveness is a seed. Money is a seed. Giving is a seed. Prayer is a seed. Plant these seeds. But in the context of Mark 4, which we've just read, Planting seeds here, specifically, is talking about sharing God's word with others. You know, if we want to see God's kingdom grow, we must plant the seed of the gospel. Remember, no planting, no harvest. And so often, 
as Christians, we shy away from sharing the gospel message of salvation in Jesus with our friends and with our families. We don't maximize amazing opportunities such as Alpha or our church services or special events to invite people to come and hear the most important and glorious news of all, that there is salvation from sin, that there is hope in the name of Jesus, that Jesus has a plan for their lives and Jesus wants to invite them into relationship with them. We shy away from sharing that important truth. And all of that is like what I did, taking that precious seed and just kind of storing it in my garage where it's absolutely useless. The kingdom of God grows by planting seeds. And we must be the ones to plant the seeds. That's what this parable is reminding about. Also, the promises of God, and there are promises that God has spoken over each and every one of us. The promises of God grow by planting seeds. So here's the question, especially if you're someone here and you're saying, you know what, I'm like that fig tree. Maybe I have the appearance of, of, of a health. There are leaves there, but actually underneath there's, there's no fruits. You're encountering barrenness or you're not seeing the desired growth. Here's the question. Are you planting the right seeds? Because if you're not planting seeds, then don't expect to see any fruit. You can only reap after you've sown. And I've heard people say, when this happens in my life, when that happens in my life, that's when I'll sow. When I have more time, that's when I serve. When I have more money, that's when I'll start to give. But you know what? It almost always never happens. It's like the farmer who says, well, I'm waiting for harvest, but then never plants a seed. I'm waiting for harvest. When the crop comes, that's when I'll start to sow. No, that would be foolishness. The New Century Version translates Ecclesiastes 11.4 as this. It says, those who wait for perfect weather will never plant seeds. Those who look at every cloud will never harvest crops. You don't wait for the perfect weather. You don't wait for things to get better and then you plant. In fact, you start planting now and that's precisely the mechanism that God has put in in order for those things to get better. In fact, it's so often by sowing, even in your famine. Catherine and I, we taught on this on New Year's Eve from Genesis 26 in the story of Isaac. When you sow, even in your famine, you can change your conditions. And so the sooner you plant the seed, the sooner you'll get the harvest. Now, the farmer plants, but a farmer can't make the crop grow. A farmer can't make it rain. A farmer can't make the seed take root. And this reminds us of the second main point in this parable from Mark chapter 4, this parable of the growing seed. We plant the seeds, but it is God who brings the growth. It is God who makes them growth. Sure, we can water the seed and we can clear out the weeds, but that's not Jesus' main point here in this parable. Jesus is really saying, you know, he says it kind of grows all by itself. In other words, he's talking about the fact that it's God, no human effort, it's God that makes it grow. Verse 27, night and day, whether this man sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. Our part is to plant the rest is up to God. It's God who brings the growth. This is what the Apostle Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 6, where he said, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God 
has brought the increase. God has been the one making it grow. And this is a reminder. It's a great reminder. It's an encouragement that so long as we are faithfully planting seeds, then we can be confident that many of those seeds will grow. Our little girl, Ariella, last year she joined a gardening club. And since that time, she's been planting lots of seeds, as our windowsill will attest. I mean, we've got watercress and sunflower seeds and peas and, and bulbs and all kinds of things growing. And as I said, many on our windowsills. And so every um, morning, there was a period, and every evening, she'd be asking us one question. Has it grown yet? And our answer was, no, not yet. Has it grown yet? No, not yet. And that went on and on and on. And then all of a sudden, something appeared. And before we knew it, the seed had grown into a plant which was much larger than the small seed that it started out as. Now, Ariella had to learn to trust that despite what she could see. I mean, I guess she had the temptation to try to dig it up and see if it's all, all okay. But despite what she could see, that something was going on under the soil. It's going to take trust on our parts. We've got to trust that as we sow, God is up to something. But I want to say he is because something's going on beneath the surface. I sense it. Something's going on beneath the surface here at City Church. And God is getting ready because one day we'll start to see it. As Jesus described it in this parable, first the stalk, then the head, and then the full kernel in the head. We love the idea of a, a great harvest. When we hear words such as 2023 is going to be a fruitful year, we can say a big yes and amen to that because we love the idea of a great harvest. But here's the thing. If we want to reap, then we need to plant. All too often, we just expect a great harvest to appear, that God will just, just produce something. And all we have to do is wait. We think we're waiting on God, but can I put to you something? Actually, God is waiting on us. God is waiting on us to plant the seeds. God will do his part, but first, we take that step and plant the seed, the first step. Genesis 26, verse 12. We preach on it already in this series. It says, Isaac planted crops in that land, and the same year reaped a hundredfold. A hundredfold is an amazing, supernatural type of yield. And this is why, because the Lord blessed him. Oh, make no mistake about it. Isaac reaped a hundredfold supernaturally because the Lord blessed him. It was indeed God's blessing. But God wanted Isaac to do his part, and Isaac did do his part. Why? Because he, he planted crops, just like the man in our parable in Mark chapter 4. You know, there was a famine in Isaac's land, but he still planted and he reaped supernaturally. Why? Because God can take the little that we give him and he can magnify it and he can even do the miraculous. But we can't be passive. We have to plant. We've got to give God something to work with. Friends, I want to say, sow the seed right where you are, especially if you're experiencing famine. Sow the seed in your famine-struck land. Let me give you an example. For those of you who are married, if your marriage is experiencing a, a famine, that's precisely where you should sow the seed of love. Well, I'm not going to give love until I get love. You're not going to get love at all. You're going to get something else. I want to tell you, sow 
the seed in your famine-struck lands. If you're experiencing a financial famine, as another example, well then that's precisely the time to start putting into practice what God teaches about stewardship, about generosity, about giving, about tithing and what have you. If you're experiencing a famine at work, sow the seed of a good attitude and bring your very best. Oh, God has no problem in beginning small with a seed. In fact, there is great power in the small. The rod of Moses was a small thing, but it became an instrument through which a nation was delivered. Jael, she only had a tent peg and a hammer, but she prevailed against the enemy. Gideon only had a small army of 300, but defeated this huge, vast army of thousands of the Midianites. Samson, he took the small jawbone of a donkey and slew a thousand Philistines. That widow, she only had a little bit of oil, but it became the conduit for an amazing miracle of provision. David, he was small in stature. He took a small stone, a few small stones and a sling, and he took down that giant Goliath, that little boy who only had a, a small pat lunch, gave it to God, sowed it, planted it, as it were, and God was able to miraculously feed 5,000 people. What am I trying to say? When you put that small thing into the hands of our great big God. When you are faithful with the small, then the extraordinary becomes possible. Supernatural things can happen. Plant your seed because mighty oaks from little acorns grow. Your faithfulness in planting can have massive ramifications. Now this begs the question, not only are you planting, but what are you planting? If you want to reap corn, you've got to Sow corn. If you want to reap wheat, then you need to sow wheat. It's the principle in Galatians 6, 7, the law of sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow, what you plant. Whether good or bad is what you'll harvest. Now, again, this sounds obvious. And yet in life, I've seen it so many times in pastoral ministry that people expect something different. They sow one thing expecting to reap another. I mean, they sow seeds of anger, and yet they're expecting to reap love. They sow seeds of sin, and yet they're expecting to reap a life of God's blessing. We can't expect to harvest something that we've never planted. For example, we can't expect to reap abundance when we've not been sowing seeds of generosity. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, Paul is applying this to money here, and that's certainly true. But I want to take this, and the Bible gives me kind of that um, flexibility to do this here. I want to apply that principle of sowing and reaping to every area of our lives because it applies there as well. We can't expect to reap thriving relationships, for example, when we're not sowing seeds of love and kindness and forgiveness into those relationships. Now, the law of harvest shows that you reap more than you sow. But it's up to us to take the first step and to plant, to plant the seed. And God gives us the option as to how much or how little that we sow. But when you have a need, I want to encourage you, plant a seed. In fact, you can increase your harvest by planting more seed. I heard it once said like this, anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the number of apples in a seed. Your sowing can have massive ramifications. 
The way the farmer gets the most out of the seed is by planting it. You see, if she holds on to it, then that's all she'll ever have. But if she lets it go, she trusts it into the hands of God, then it multiplies even exponentially. Planting is actually an act of faith because you've got to release what you've got before you see it. Before the fruit comes, you've got to release what you've got. What you see today in many ways is the fruit of what you sowed yesterday. And your harvest tomorrow in many ways is determined by what you plant today. Don't expect to have a harvest in any area of your life where you've not been planting seeds, where you've not been sowing. In fact, if you are not sowing, let me put it like this, you have no rights to a harvest in that area. So in whatever area of your life that you are believing God to make you fruitful this year, can I encourage you, plant a seed. Your future is in your seed. Now, we do well to remember there is always a time of waiting. As my daughter, Ariella, found out, there's always a time of waiting between the seed being sown and the harvest being reaped and experienced. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Plant the seed and let God take care of the rest. And when it comes to this word of fruitfulness for City Church in 2023, we're believing that that means being a church Fruitful for us being, means being a church that looks more and more just like Jesus. And being a church that acts more and more just like Jesus. And in order to do this, you know, we've got to earth this. Like that farmer, she has to kind of roll up her sleeves and then kind of get into the soil. What does it mean? We need to get practical about this. And last week, Catherine and I, we, 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 we invited you into four commitments Four commitments that we believe will lead into to fruitfulness in your life and in this church in 2023. And it's under these four banner words to come, to connect, to contribute, and to co-mission. Specifically coming about prioritizing the weekly Sunday gathering. This kind of moment. Don't let it just be once in a while. You've heard the testimonies today about what a difference that that can make. Prioritizing this. And then connecting, getting plugged in to Christian community, getting plugged in and alongside other believers who are cheering you on and encouraging you in the faith. The best way, there are other ways to do it, but the best way to do it here at City Church is through our small groups, our collectives. And then to contribute, to play your part in making this all happen, in, in seeing the mission and the ministry that God has given us extended and realized to, to um, commit to financially giving through tithes and offerings, to join a church team or ministry, get involved in one of those if you can, and then to co-mission, to join in on the mission of Jesus, to take your next step as a disciple. All of these things, it's planting seed. You may think that you're just coming to a church service, but you're planting you may think that you're just giving your tithe, but you're planting. You may think that you're just joining a, joining a team, helping out a little bit, but you're planting. You may think you're just sharing your testimony with your friend, but you're planting. You're planting, and in due time, you will reap a harvest for your good and for God's glory. So I want to say to you today, keep sowing. Keep planting. 
Your seed can change your circumstances. Your seed can change the conditions. In fact, by planting, you can change your future. Today, plant the seeds. Would you stand with me right now? We hope you're encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.